This is the Pep Talk. Now, here's Ernie Anastas and Patricia Stark. Love that song. New I can't York. sit still when I hear oh, that. Oh, New York, New York, gotta right? Move, gotta move. It's the best. And you know what? Somebody that we're going to talk to right now is a New Yorker. She's been here for so many years, successful to beat the band. And everybody knows who she is. She's made it in New York. You know that line, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere? Yes. She made it in New York, and she's made it all over the country, all over the world. Joan London is joining us. Hi, Joni. Great to be with you, Hi, Joan. So great to have you with us today. You know, I've known you for a long time, and I have to tell you, people who are listening will know this. You have got the sweetest, most sincere personality, the most giving person that I know. You're amazing, Joan. You really are. Thanks, Ernie. Yeah, you're the best, and you've done so much. My goodness. We want to talk to you about a whole bunch of different things, and we want to start with a little bit more of who you really are, because people know about your books, and we know about your causes and things you've worked for, but we want to find a little bit more about Joan London. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what would be something, Joan, that the average person doesn't know about Joan London? Maybe the things that concern you or keep you up at night or or words of wisdom, the, mm. the way you live your life. What is unique about Joan London? Well, I think I'm like everyone else that I what keeps me up at night is just always concerned about my children. Mm-hmm. You know, we just want our children to be happy and healthy and safe. And we want them to you know, live a good life. So I think we, in the world we live in today, if there's anything that keeps me up at night, <laughs> that's what it would be. Yeah. But the thing about me that I I think has propelled me, you know, through a pretty amazing career oh, yeah. is that my mom always used to say, you go in where angels fear to tread. <laughs> but, I mean, someone might say I'm a little bit fearless, but I think what it is is that I'm open to challenge mm-hmm. And I've always said that whenever someone asks you, can you do something, just say yes. Yeah. And then go and figure out how to do it. That's who you are. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, you know, sometimes I did this show called Behind Closed Doors. Sure. Where I went behind closed doors. And you were a daredevil. You were climbing glaciers oh and all God, kinds of I, things. I jumped out of planes with, you right. know, from 15,000 feet with Yo. the Golden Knights. I, I went with SEAL Team 2. I did Secret Service. And sometimes when I would be leaving my house and I would be driving out of the driveway and I would say, okay, so I'm going to go train to do high altitude mountain training with the uh, elite force. Mm -hmm. And I've said to people, do you actually think when I make that drive on my way to the airport that I say, ah, this is going to be a piece of cake. (laughs) No, I, I, I have a healthy dose of anxiety mm-hmm. and fear that normal but i never let that no be as big as yep. my curiosity and my sense of i can do this well like, that's what they we wouldn't have they yeah. wouldn't have said yes if they didn't think that with the right training that i could mm-hmm. do this and you you know i just always my one of my daughters i sent her on this thing in costa rica they climbed a mountain and did whitewater rafting and she told me on like the first day they did the mountain climbing first and they all sat down. And after the thought, like, why did I let my mom talk me into this? <laughs> she then said to herself, I remember mom has always said, you have to want it more than you're afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good line. That She said, 
your words rang in my head, and that's what made me stand up and go the rest of the way up the mountain. Joan, were you always that way? I mean, that sounds like an incredible amount of confidence and positive self-talk goes into being able to live life like that. Were you like that as a kid? Is that something that you figured out along the way? How how did you establish that level of Mm self-trust and self-confidence? I was always that way. I mean, as a kid, I, you know, my mom says, you know, you were like nine years old and you were jumping off the Fair Oaks Bridge where I grew up. But I was also, I was a really good student and I skipped a couple grades. I graduated from high school when I was 16. And at the time, this was the 60s and it was, I had applied to three different colleges, UCLA, UC Berkeley and Stanford, because I was in Sacramento. So those were kind of the Mm-hmm. kind of the obvious colleges. Sure. And my mom said, as the as I got accepted, she said, there's no way I'm letting you go live on a college campus at your age in this era of burn your bra, free love, free sex, LSD, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, boy. And that is what it was like at that time. Yeah, sure. So my mom had seen a little tiny ad in the back of Sunset Magazine, which doesn't exist anymore, mm-hmm. for something called World Campus Afloat. Oh, yeah. And she took my essay that I had sent to Stanford and and all my stuff, and she sent all this away, and I got accepted. And she said, this is what you're going to do in September. I'm going to take you down to San Francisco. You're going to fly to New York, and you're going to get on board a ship Hmm. (laughs) where there's going to be 300 students and a lot of overwatch, so I know that you're safe. Mm -hmm. And a lot of her friends said, you let your 16-year-old go around the world without you. And we did. We left San Francisco. We left New York and we came back into L.A. And we went to 15 countries. But Wow. So you got this from your mom. I mean, that sounds like she was very confident and daring as well to even think that way. I think so. And she always used a phrase. I want to help broaden your horizon. (laughs) That certainly did. She did that. That's for sure. I don't want you to just think that your little click here in town, that that's the world that you're going Mm -hmm. into. You need to understand how big the world is so that you can go out and find your place in it and understand how big of a mark you can make on that world. Mm. And she succeeded. She She sure did. did. She helped you a lot. Listen, Joan, we know you've you've written 10 books, parenting, cooking, aging, personal (laughs) biographies, all kinds of things. You've got seven children, two sets of twins with your husband, Jeff. Great guy. Yep. And, you know, you have a full life. In addition to that, you also had your own personal story. You're a breast cancer survivor. And you're an advocate, yeah. and you do a lot of these good things. Quickly tell us about that. Why is all of this important to you, your family life, and, and what you believe in and how you're trying to make the world a better place and to help people? Well, you know, it's just kind of like right after I was diagnosed with breast cancer, I, I gave myself a moment, that moment like, oh, my God. Like, I just was so shocked because I thought I was like this picture of health, which, of course, I've since learned that that's really not what what counts. A lot of healthy women get breast cancer. But I immediately, within 24 hours, said, wait a minute. Your dad was a cancer surgeon, Joan. You always thought you'd be a doctor. I worked in one of the hospitals that he had helped build right before college and learned pretty quickly that stitches and scalpels weren't going to be part of my career. Mm-hmm. But I'd always had that like in the back of my head that maybe you'd say a little bit of a regret that I didn't follow in my dad's footsteps. And here was an opportunity 
to learn everything I could about going through cancer and chemotherapy and share it with the world, and maybe I could help others. And in a way, I wasn't going to do it with a scalpel, Mm -hmm. but I was going to be helping other people stay healthier. And so to me, it was almost like I got this rare opportunity to be handed the baton mm-hmm. yeah. and run to the end, you know, run yeah. it into the end zone. And, you know, to me, every time I go taking care of my mom when she was aging sure. and she has since passed away, mm-hmm. I saw that as an opportunity to learn everything I could about caregiving and assisted care and being ready for when oh, your yeah. parents pass mm-hmm. and having all the right papers. And I thought, I'm a journalist. Why sure. wouldn't I come back having gone through this experience? And share it with others. And that's kind of how I approach everything. Mm-hmm. You do. You've yeah. got a great I, attitude. That is. Well, well you're, you're an amazing person. And I know, uh, you know, a lot of people listen to you and they say, okay, Joan, just tell me, what is it that I should know about being positive? What, how can I take what you are talking about, your spirit, your lessons that you have learned in life, and how can I apply that to my life? Give me something that I can hang on to and say, Joan London gave me a piece of advice and I'm going to use it. Yeah, just a couple of tips for our listeners. The most important things that you say all day long are the things you say to yourself. Yes. Yeah, self-talk. And, and, and anybody, oh, positive self-talk. And if you're parents and you have little kids, positive affirmations all the time. Mm-hmm. You can do this. Don't say, be careful of this, be careful right. of that. Don't like make them be afraid of life. Instead, my parents constantly told me, you can be anything that you set your heart on, sure. everything you set out to do. Mm-hmm. You can be something in life, and it is your duty to make, what's the saying? Life is God's gift to you, and what you do mm-hmm. with your life oh, yeah. is your gift to God. I think yeah. it goes something like yes, that. Yes, that's it. I love that. And that's, and that's really it. I mean, that's what my parents, my parents kind of set me off on a mission, and they did it through constantly giving me affirmations and giving me guidance and giving me very high goals. My mom always used to say, hitch your wagon to a star, baby doll. Like you're going to be something (laughs) great. I can see your name out up in light. Wow. That's beautiful. Your mom is very special. Yeah. And your parents. I mean, both both your mother and dad gave you so much. And you're doing the same thing with your family, Joan. You're giving a lot to your seven kids and uh, and you know exactly what it's like to be a parent and, and Patricia you and I can uh-huh. both you know agree on, on on one thing and that is it's the greatest job you can have it to is. be a parent but it also is a yep. full-time job yeah it never and stops the hardest job you'll ever ever yeah. ever have but worth every bit of uh, of yeah. that <laughs> Joan you're terrific I we want to look at my grown daughters Ernie yes Jamie Lindsay and Sarah the ones that are grown in their mm-hmm. 30s and 40s mm-hmm. great wives awesome mommies and really incredible businesswomen. And I just think, all right, you did something right, even though you were a working mom. Yeah, you did a lot right. You (laughs) You did a lot right, Joan. You are the best. We appreciate you being on our show, Joan London. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us today. And for more of Joan, you can listen to our podcast, Mm -hmm. Pep Talk, on WABCradio.com or Red Apple Podcasts. Check it all out. Thanks, Joan. Thank you. Thanks, Joan. Bye-bye. Bye.